I'm really excited about this because there's a new documentary out, A Hired Gun, and this is about musicians, studio musicians, session musicians, if you will, being hired to play with bands on stage, on tour, and sometimes on albums as well. And uh, one of the stars of the movie is with us on the phone. All right. I, I'm like having heart palpitations <laughs> right here, Heidi. You guys Heidi. His <laughs> <face> <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> he looks like a little kid at a candy store. I, well, we have Rudy Sarzo on, legendary bass player. He's on the phone with us. And I can tell you, he played with Ozzy, Quiet Riot, White Snake. He played with Dio, Blue Isher Cult. He's now playing with the guests, too. And and we get to talk to him right now. I'm super excited about this. Right, Rudy Sarzo. Are you here yet? Hello, I'm here. Rudy, how you doing? I hear you all. Yes, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking your time to give us a call. My pleasure. So Hired Gun is the movie. You are a hired gun. Just how did that get started for you? Well, you know what? I have been, and I'm, you know, a hired gun, and also I've been a founding member, such as Quiet Riot. I was the founding member of the mental health version of Quiet Riot. I was the second member of Quiet Riot, and not a, a hired gun, you know, during the Randy Rhodes era, because I was full band member. So I, what I bring to the documentary is the experience of being in both situations, you know, so working, you know, playing for Ozzy as a hired gun, and then actually with Whitesnake, it was... You know, we had a, a different arrangement. We were not necessarily a higher gun. And then with Dio, I was a higher gun. And, and now uh, with the, I'm playing with the guest who. And, you know, it's... But then again, if you look at the history of a lot of musicians, very famous musicians who are not considered higher gun, they started out as a higher gun. I mean, even the Beatles were hired by a singer named Tony Sheridan to uh, record <laughs> My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean. Uh, you can find this. Yeah, you can find this on YouTube. They were, you know, that happened when they were in Hamburg and they were recording. You know, they were playing there and uh, they got hired by this guy. So, you know, Jimi Hendrix was a hired gun for for Little Richard and and Aisley, uh, the Aisley Brothers, and and Jimmy Page was a hired gun in the studio and John Paul Jones. You know, half of Led Zeppelin and the history goes on and on and on. So, you know, it's it's we have in the documentary a lot of musicians who actually, like Steve Lukather, who had a career, has a career as a hired gun, in addition to being a founding member of Toto. You have Ray Parker Jr., who uh, started out as Stevie Wonder's guitar player when he was a teenager, and of course he's had a huge career for himself with radio and as Ray Parker Jr., with Ghostbusters and so on. So do you think, in, in essence, almost every band has a hired gun on with them to a certain degree? How many, how many bands really start off with all the original members and are still together as the original members? I mean, you always see people yeah, dropping off. That is a really good point. But originally, the band was a band. You know, when I first got asked to join Ozzy, I was in a band called Angel. And I was sleeping on the floor. I was starving because the, the band had just lost the record deal to Casablanca. But I was in a band, you know, and that's the reason why I moved from Florida, Miami, to come to L.A. and go through all the trials and tribulation of making it. And, but I really recommend to any musician out there who's, who's starting out that if you ever get the opportunity to play for somebody, I, that's an incredible education that you're going to get. You know that you were not gonna get by just playing in clubs. I mean, if you if if you're asked by a recording artist or a touring artist, and you've never been on tour or being you know a recording artist before, that's an incredible education that you're not gonna get anywhere else. It's true. 
That, that just, I mean, you know, for you, I mean, you know, j- jumping in with Ozzy Osbourne, um, you know, I know you toured with him. Your name's on the album of uh, Diary of a Madman, but you're not so on actually, it. Actually, yeah, um, the, the photo of, of that band with Tommy Aldrich, Randy, Ozzy, and myself, that was taken after the record was recorded. Right. You know, originally, the record was recorded by Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake as a rhythm section, the same as Blizzard of Oz. Tommy and I were on Tribute and Sneak of the Devil. Right. Those are the two Aussie records that we both played together. But with Whitesnake, I recorded the uh, Slip of the Tongue record. Right. You know, and uh, that 87 record was done before the band, uh, that configuration, did the uh, uh, the Still of the Night video, which is the first one we did, and then followed by Here I Go Again and Is This Love. Right. <laughs> what an amazing album that was, man. I, oh, absolutely. I, I wanna, I, can I go back to the Ozzy um, live albums real quick? I want to ask you this. I read this about Speak of the Devil. It was recorded twice, once during the day with no crowd and then once at night, so you had a safety valve of a, of a backup uh, recording. And from what I understand, that three of those songs that were recorded with no audience made it to the album. Is that true? You know, it's hard to tell because they were all performed exactly the same way. <laughs> and what happens is that, that daytime recording was actually sound check. And, you know, you're, you're on stage, you're doing sound check, and you, there's a truck outside of the building you have no idea what's going on whether tape is rolling or not you just play (laughs) and that is it so whether they use it or not you know we just play the song exactly the same way at soundcheck as we did in front of people so that's crazy what was was, what was it your experience with ozzy osbourne i mean i mean this is you know he just was you know on his own and here you are playing with them and this guy is a legend at that time even yeah you know it gave me a career uh, because prior to that, I, I was just a guy sleeping on the floor in Kevin DeBrose's apartment. <laughs> so uh, it, everything about it was fantastic, except for Randy's uh, death right. during during the 1982 uh, Diary of the Madman tour. And um, I wrote a book about it. It's called Off the Rails. So if anybody's interested in actually, you know, reading, you know, everything that happened during or following and post his. Uh, his death, you know, it's all right there. Yeah, and I didn't realize that was actually one of the reasons why you left Ozzy um, from from that point. Is that correct? Is that was something that you? Uh... Yeah, because you know, Randy died, and within about a week, we were back on the road again. You know, Sharon decided not to cancel the tour because she knew she knew that if Ozzy would have just gone home, he would have drank himself to death. So even with that Speak of the Devil tour, I mean, it, you know, in, in, from a fan's uh, point of view. You know, that's Ozzy at his rawest, his rarest, or, you know, it, I just, it feels like that was him, just so, it, a lot of angst with him on that show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was a different show after Randy passed away, because obviously Randy wasn't there, and he's, he was such a huge part of everything about the band, you know. Uh, yeah, I, by the time that, that Randy had passed away and we continued touring, it was just a matter of surviving emotionally the show on stage right i mean that must have been tough for you man i mean i don't know just just think of like watching the movie hired gun and, and hearing you tell your story about that and here comes brad gillis filling filling in and you know i mean it worked but it, it just didn't feel right is for you personally 
Yeah, but it, it was so painful that I left one of the biggest bands in the world for the complete unknown, right. which was Quiet Riot at the time. <laughs> right, you know? which turned out to be a mega band. I mean, at the most part, I mean, yeah, you're the... Yeah. Trust me, no, that, you can you can foretell that. Right. Well, that's true. Right. You could not. I mean, that's but it worked out for you. I mean, you had it. Yeah, it did. You know, it did. But uh, but uh, you know, it's it, it, yeah. It, it was really a blessing in disguise. But you, I had no idea. Nobody, nobody did. Right. Nobody did. So let's talk about some of the other bands that you were with. You 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 played with uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, you played with Dio. Um, how, how did that work out with Dio? Because I know Dio, you know, and Ozzy had their thing going on. Was that and was that ever brought up, or it seems like Dio would be kind of a cool guy not to bring that up? Yeah, uh, it, it was never brought up. You know, Ronnie is all about being, you know, a total gentleman and and the, and the complete professional. And it was all about focusing on what we're doing on the road or, or what, you know, songs he happened to be working on, you know, the, the new material. Uh, by the time he passed away in, in 2010, he already had been working on the follow-up to an album called Magica. There was going to be Magica 2 and 3. Unfortunately, it never came to fruition. Hmm. Yeah, he was one of my favorites as well. Um, Rudy Sarzo is with us here on the phone, and uh, you are going global with Gas Man here on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. Heidi Gad is with us. I don't I'm know here. if you have a question, Heidi, or not. but uh, It's just so funny how excited Kevin is right now. I just <laughs> want to bring that up again. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big metalhead, dude. So I, you know, I'm watching you on stage as well, Rudy. You have such a, a style that's so different from any other bass player. You know, and back in the early days, you know, in the 80s, everyone talked about guitar players. You know, it was you know, Neil Sean. It was Eddie Van Halen, you know, whoever it was, and and here you are, a bass player, and, and you rose to the top. You you were a name along with those guitar players. Well, I uh, I am very blessed to have played play with some of the greatest, and you know, it's it's the company that you keep. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know playing with Randy Rhodes and Steve Vai and Adrian Vandenberg, and I even got to play with with Inve, you know, as far as guitar players go. So it was like you know. It was phenomenal. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so cool, man. I mean, like, let me ask you a question as far as being uh, a hired gun to a certain degree. When do you ever have a situation where you had to choose between a couple of bands? It's happened, you know, be, between projects and things like that. It's especially well. Right now, I'm playing with the Guess Who, so that's my priority. Right. And you know, being a hired gun, it's it's you know, it, it is definitely a turn, but but it's something that that. I look forward to it because, you know, I like to do different projects, play with different people. And even when I was in, like, really big bands, for example, how I rejoined Quiet Riot, what became known as the Mental Health Quiet Riot, was I was playing with Ozzy, and I got this phone call from Kevin Dubrow, and he says, listen, uh, I'm working on this record, and, and would you like to come down and play on Thunderbird, which is a song that he wrote after Randy left Quiet Riot to join Ozzy. And I used to play that song with him in a band called Dubrow that he had. And I said, sure, I'll come down. So right there, I was being a hired gun, hmm. you know, even though I, I was playing with Ozzy, but here I am, you know, going in the studio with somebody else and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be performing. Right. So, but that was the song that got me back into being a member of Quiet Riot again. Uh, because when when I went in, we t- we did like a couple of takes of the song, and then Kevin goes, "Well, you know, we got time. Uh, do you remember Slick by Cadillac?" 
you know, that was a song that we used to play with the Randy Rhodes version of the band. I said, yeah, just let, let's go over a couple of times, see, you know, see if I remember it. And we tracked it right there. And then we did a couple of other songs that Kevin and I used to play in Dubrow. <laughs> and by the time I left, I had almost half the record done. You know, and then I, I, shortly after, I made the decision to move on from playing with Ozzy and rejoin this this band, Quiet Riot, you know. And, uh, and, and you know, the reason why I did it is because being in, the, in, in that room that day that I recorded those four songs, being in that room with Kevin and Frankie and Carlos, who I knew from the L.A. area, that gave me back joy of playing music, mm. yeah. which is what I had lost after Randy passed away. I, I, I really lost that joy. And to me, that, that's, you know, it, it, that's priceless. Yeah. Well, you you have one of the biggest smiles of rock and roll, man. I'll just say that when you when you are playing, it does show, look, does look like you are enjoying it, and that, that feeds off the audience. I know that for sure. Um, Heidi? So I was just gonna say too, it's so amazing how small the circles are. Like when you start hearing about these different bands, you know that everybody, everybody knows each other, right? Yeah, or everyone you know kind of you know touch the edge of that band, right? But I was yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, you know, you've had a lot of experience with all these different studios and all these sorts of things. What do you think is the one lesson that stands out the most in your mind? Because, you know, you're going to learn something every single time you play with someone different or record under someone different. Like, is there anything that stands out? Yeah, that's a really great question. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you for, <laughs> for, for, for asking. Um uh, well, I, I can easily say that 90% of everything that I learned about the music industry, uh, I learned from Sharon Osbourne. Uh, she was, they weren't even married then, so it's just Sharon Arden, but, you know, we all know her as Sharon Osbourne. Right. I was, you know, I knew that I was, when I joined the band, and I said, because Sharon traveled with us everywhere, you know, she was part of the entourage, and she managed the band, and she took care of everything on a daily basis. It was just, you know, one band, one bus, and we were all together. And I watched her. I watched her pull out some incredible, uh, 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 almost, you know, impossible things, you know. So that was my major exper learning experience. After that, I will have to say Ronnie James Dio. Just when I thought that I knew everything about the music industry, I got to work with him, and he just took me to a whole different level. You know, but I, I, I'm always open. You know, it's all, always about learning and growing. For sure. You know, not only as a musician, but as a member of the music industry. Yeah, isn't that, a, in a sense, you, you know, you have to be good at adapting to what the band you're joining is doing. I mean, you're you're kind of like, the, you know, the newbie, the new kid on, on the block, and here you are, you know, have to act like you've been in the band for 20 years. <laughs> you yeah, know. absolutely. Uh, every time that I join a group, I study it or research it. Even before I play the first note, I go back to the original recordings, especially if it's a legacy band that has a catalog, like let's say the Guess Who. Right. I go to all, and, and often, very often, you know, I mean, as a fact, today I was doing that. I was practicing and I went back to the original records, you know, listen to what, what's being played, because that to me is it's what the audience is used to. It is what I'm, I am used to growing up listening to, to the guests who. Right. So, you know, you, you, you want to do justice to the legacy and you want to be able to cater to the audience that, that is expecting a certain performance from you. 
Yeah. Well, you did, didn't you say uh, what you're doing today reflects on tomorrow? Absolutely. And, I mean, and you mentioned the word adaptation, and, and that's, that's such a key. To me, it's all about adaptation and also trust, trust factor. You know, a young musician asks me, uh, you know, for advice about the music industry, and I tell them, listen, you know, you're, you're going to have to be able to play, of course, but if you're not trustworthy, you know, you're not going to get anywhere in the music industry. Uh, people will call you back because they trust you at, at every single level. Yeah. And, and that was one of the points of the movie was those three those three things. First, you got to be an amazing musician. Second, you got to be cool. And third, you got to be able to you know hang with everybody at least on the road and be able to get along with everybody. Those three things are are important to be to be to be a hired gun. You know, this is also a fragile industry. You know, there's also uh, sad stories in this movie where you know the Billy Joel story is is not all peaches. You know, it's not, it's <laughs> it's not, not the, all rainbows and unicorns. Yes, yeah, not so. <laughs> You know, I mean, your, your legacy is safe. You're, you're fine. As far as younger musicians coming up in the world, what would you give them as far as advice if they wanted to become a studio uh, a session musician or maybe a higher gun down the road? Yeah, well, you know, as far as being a session musician, since I'm not really a session musician, but I am somebody who, you know, joins bands. We go on tour. We, we, we record. You know, we have a certain career together. Again, be the best musician you can be. Uh, if you're joining a legacy band, study the uh, study their catalog, study everything about them, and gain their trust, and 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 have a great sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody fires the funniest guy in the band. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's your safety that valve. Gotta, he's got a gig forever. Yeah. I love it, man. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I I really appreciate you uh, giving us a little insight on what your uh, career has been about, and it's it's fascinating, man. I I mean, all the music you've been you know, been a part of has, has touched a lot of people. And I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for, uh, for being you, Rudy. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your support with Hired Gun, the documentary. Absolutely. Rudy Sarzo on the phone with us. I, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll let you go. And uh, we'll, I'll look for you in the movie. Thank you, Kevin. All right. You, you got it. God bless.